I'm gonna talk to you guys over there uh, online as well. Here's a quick heads up as well as to everybody here in the service. We are going to do breakout rooms today. Yes, even in person, you're gonna be in a breakout room, right? Uh, with the timer that counts down and whatever. Okay, um, so that's a quick heads up. If you need to change out of your pajamas, if you need to write, you've got, you got maybe like 15, 20 minutes because in today's service, you're actually going to talk to someone else as part of the service, all right? Um, so that, that's, your, that's your quick heads up. All right, um, I'm gonna do a little bit before I begin my sermon uh, because I don't know if this part is gonna get cut off. So let's, let's do this. And then after the video, I will pray and then start because today's going to be all kinds of chaos. Uh, by the way, if you're new here, my name is Pastor Chris Ong. I'm a senior pastor of FTA. Um, and I want to uh, welcome you actually to our church. You'll see that we are very, very deliberately trying to do things to still maintain what God intended for church, even though the environment that we are in has substantially changed. Okay, here we go, fun part. Last year, I don't know if you know this, but last year, Facebook announced, Facebook, the, um, am I running slides, let me see. If I click this, does it, yes it does. Okay, great. Last year, Facebook announced that they changed their name to Meta, all right? Uh, what had happened with Facebook was they had grown to be so many different applications or platforms that they were no longer just Facebook, right? They were WhatsApp. I don't know if you know this, but when you use WhatsApp, it's Facebook. Instagram, Facebook. Facebook Messenger, Facebook. Right, uh, And so for them, they were like, oh my goodness, we're, we're known for so many things and the daggiest of all of them is Facebook. So let's, let's become meta and talk a little bit about the metaverse. Now, I, I know it's not doing very well at the moment. Um, and this intro is um, not an endorsement for Facebook. Neither is it an endorsement of Facebook's vision of the future. But Facebook was making mainstream something that was already happening in our world today. When you look at cryptocurrency and the ability to do transactions online decentralized, when you look at NFTs, right? When you look at DAOs, when you look at the things that are happening, the virtual connect communication platforms that we're having, right? They put a name, in fact, the name had already been there, but they tried to talk about it in terms of the metaverse, that the online world, you know, and I'm not going to go into the technical parts of it, going from web one, which is sort of static websites and pages, through to web two, which is all this social interaction and communication, through to what they're saying is metaverse, web three, where it is immersive 
and online world becomes part of your everyday life. Either you go into it or it comes in to you. So let's have a look at this video, which might get banned on YouTube. Over the last year and a half, a lot of us who work in offices have gone remote. And while I miss seeing the people I work with, I think remote work is here to stay for a lot of people. So we're gonna need better tools to work together. Let's take a look at what working in the metaverse will be like. Imagine if you could be at the office without the commute. You would still have that sense of presence, shared physical space, those chance interactions that make your day all accessible from anywhere. Now imagine that you have your perfect work setup and you can actually do more than you could in your regular work setup. And on top of all that, you can keep wearing your favorite sweatpants. Looking good. Let's get together real quick for a debrief. I'm free now. Let's jump in. Hi. Hey. So what do we think? I think it's ready. Great. I'll prep it for the presentation. All right, good luck. Imagine a space where you can tune out distractions and focus on the task at hand. And when you're ready to share what you've been working on, you can present it as if you're right there with the team. Wait, where's Mark? I think he's in the middle of something. Thanks, Mark Zuckerberg, for helping us with our sermon today. Okay, we are uh, going to open in prayer. Sorry. Father God, we thank you so much that you love us. Every stage of humanity, every part of human history, you have been involved in our lives. You have loved us and you've reached out to us. And so, Lord, today, even as we explore the online space, as we talk about us and how we interact online, I pray, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit to give us wisdom. Lord, it says in the book of James that if we need wisdom, that we are to look to you. So we ask you for your wisdom to navigate our ever-changing world, Lord God, and help us to be your servants and to reflect you well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, COVID... Uh, okay, great. So today is the, we're still in the Relational Wisdom series, but we're doing an online special where we're going to be talking about online for the next few weeks, okay, because you really cannot talk about relationships nowadays, I feel, without discussing and somewhat of an online component to it. You know, um, COVID COVID has accelerated our adoption and use of technology, all right? Uh, global adoption of thing, apps like Zoom, oh, by, by the way, Reach, uses Zoom, okay? So we're calling it Reach online, but it's actually just Zoom, just in case you didn't realize, okay. Uh, but, but global adoption of apps like, like Zoom or, or messaging apps have, have really taken a turbo charge. 
In fact, we, we had previously, as a church, even wanted to figure out how we could do uh, online CE classes before, before COVID. How would we get people to, you know, record my mom or PowerPoint slides, and maybe you could do a class at home, and the take-up was terrible, it was so little, and then COVID, next thing you know, we have 100 people in a CE class. Praise the Lord for them being locked down and nothing to do, right? But, but it, 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 it propelled the adoption of uh, technology. I want you to think back to the ancient days before COVID, right? How, how often would you have a conversation with your parents who maybe live, right? Or your work colleagues, or how often would you do a Sunday service and it would be digital. How often? Before, before COVID. It was quite rare. Suddenly, all across, the, all across the world, we have gotten used to, in a very rapid amount of time, we've gotten used to being able to talk, collaborate, share, learn through technology. Um, you know, my, my family, even through lockdown, we played board games with my cousin in Sydney. Our family versus his family. Like, these types of things are happening. And so, I want us, as we um, go into this sort of online special on relationships, right? Um, I want us to think about what the future world might be. And I'm not talking about the kind of world that our kids, my kids, will grow up in because like two of them are already grown up. I'm talking about the world that all these babies that are being born, Evie who's over there, right? You've got uh, Nick Tay's kid, you've got a whole bunch of babies. Some babies are still yet to come, right? I'm looking, 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 right? Like what kind of world would they live in? Surely, as we contemplate what kind of world they're gonna grow up in online, Digital is going to be an some part of it. How we conduct ourselves, what we do online is going to be, I think, increasingly important. So, um, let me tell you a little bit about my early work experience as we kind of uh, sort of grapple our, our, our heads around what this online world is. Um, uh, we are, we're a very down-to-earth, honest church, and so uh, half of you guys grew up with me. I, I didn't start life as a pastor. It's not how I was born, right? Just a regular person. I actually started going to FGA before I became the senior pastor of FGA, right? And so in my previous life, I was uh, not only an accountant, uh, I moved into strategy consulting at PricewaterhouseCoopers. And specifically in strategy consulting, I was working on e-business strategy. That means helping companies and governments tackle the digital economy, but literally in 1998, 1999, okay? Um, so I just, it was very fortuitous how I got into this uh, gig. 
I went to uni very young. Uh, I can talk to you about that later, right? But I was also very geeky and loved programming. And so back then, it was the dot-com boom, all right? And, and technology was like, whoa, this is taking off. And so when I arrived at work, um, the e-business strategy department of PwC thought, my goodness, we need some young Asian geeky guy who's really good at computer and, and, and we'll put him in our strategy de department. And for some weird reason, I started being invited into boardrooms. I went into the boardroom at Telstra. I, I went into the boardroom at the Hong Kong um, uh, Department of IT, right? Like I got invited into boardrooms and really significant people, way more significant than me, and I literally don't know anything, would ask me, not, not solely for my own opinion, but as part of a group, and they would talk with me, and they would ask me, what is the future like? What is this digital thing? And I'm like, it's 1998, I don't know, I'm just gonna tell you what I read, and then everybody's like making up stuff about the government. In fact, we moved over to Hong Kong for six months for, the, for that, for that gig to do the entire digital strategy for the country of Hong Kong, right, uh, called Digital 21. And then we, anyway, I, I'll, it was very exciting, really, really, really fun, fun stuff. But because it was so significant, and all these like movie stars for the launch, and then they, they you know, they reorganized their telecommunications uh, companies and things like that, right? Um, as part of that, Nokia, which was, okay, if you're young, Nokia is very cool. Nokia was like Apple 20 years ago because Nokia, Nokia had the coolest phone. Yeah, because not only is it a phone, yeah, snake, yeah, not only is it a phone, if you get robbed, you can use it as a weapon. <laughs> That's how strong that thing is. Okay, anyway. Nokia gave us a prototype, a prototype before it was released to the market of what a web-enabled phone could be like. It was WAP. I don't, okay, it doesn't matter what the technology is, right? But no phone could connect to the internet until this phone came out. And then they had the communicator and then there are other things. But this one was really early on, and I still remember the, the, the Nokia rep coming up to me, oh, now you have to sign confidentiality agreement, you can't let anybody go, you know, you can't, there was no posting, there was no Facebook, so you couldn't post anything anyway, right? But you're, you're like, they didn't want you like telling anybody about this, so I signed all these things, and then the guys, let me show you something really cool. And these phones, you could type on them using the numbers. <laughs> Using these, you wouldn't believe it, it's so amazing. So this guy, literally, this rep would go, let me show you how you can get the weather, up-to-date, real-time weather, on your phone. Go. And he's typing the whole URL using numbers. Like literally, after five minutes of this guy like typing something on his phone, he goes ding ding ding, and then the weather is 30 degrees, and he says, "Look, 
Look, it says 30 degrees. I can confirm it because, you know, in Hong Kong, they have like TV screens everywhere. Even back then, they had like TV screens everywhere in our office, right? I can confirm it. Look, it says 30 degrees on the weather report on the screen. I'm like, yeah, but it's already saying 30 degrees. Why did you spend five minutes typing this thing? And we're like, this is the future. This is where we're going. And it was so weird. It was so weird. Back then, there was no Facebook, right? And I still remember, um, I, I remember coming back home, taking the thing and showing, she won't remember it, showing it to my wife, look, look, one, 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 two, 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 three, <laughs> <laughs> It was like really, really cool. Um, but it was the beginning of the battle between analog and digital. And I was talking to telecommunication companies, basically saying to them, your entire business on analog is going to die. And the future is going to be zeros and ones. It's going to be data. And we didn't know what we were talking about back then. But if you fast forward 20 years, it's literally come true. It's literally come true. Right now, I, um, my kids have grown up. I've got three kids. So two of them are adults. I'm now a pastor. I'm not connected to the consulting world. And so I'm not even in this like frontline, cutting edge Nokia technology, right? But as far away I, as I am from e-business strategy consulting, most of what I do now has moved digital. In fact, here's, a, here's an example that I can't shake. My mother, who is here in person, and my dad, right? On an average week, my mom and dad, they live in Melbourne. They're like five minutes drive from my house. On an average week, 80% of my interaction with them is digital. I want you to think about that, right? It is either we had a Zoom meeting where I ran the Rejoice Zoom meeting uh, this week and I saw them online, right? Uh, it's either Zoom meetings, it's WhatsApp messages, long email, long emails, <laughs> right? Whatever, like, Whatever the thing is, even our phone call now is a WhatsApp voice call, you know, whatever it is. But I, I honestly will tell you, 80% of my communication with my own mother in the same city that I'm in is digital. All right? So I think we've got to take this thing pretty seriously. We're not, let's have a real conversation here. How we conduct ourselves in the digital space, how we conduct ourselves in the online world will continue to have greater impact. That's why we're doing this mini-series. That's why we're going to handle um, this. And more importantly, we're going to be asking the question. Um, so uh, how much of our communication is digital? A lot of it, right? Uh, we're going to be asking the question, uh, what are we doing? What are we going to do? as this online phenomenon shapes us and shapes our relationship. Now, surprise, James thought of this. Yes, James, the book of James actually covers 
what is happening in our world today. Oh my goodness, it does. Um, and I didn't like go around just looking for it. It's actually right at the very beginning of the book of James, and he's dealing with a similar kind of phenomenon, right? And let's just read that passage right now. It goes like this, James, so that's his name. Hi, I'm James. And he introduces himself to be the kind of person that he wants all of us to be. He introduces himself as who he really is. I'm James, and I'm a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who I am. Who am I writing to? Oh, I'm writing to the 12 tribes or the Jews in the dispersion. What is that? And then he says something relational. Greetings. Hey, hi, hello. Right? What is happening here? So let's, I'm so excited, let's get biblical, let's get theological, right? So the Jews of the diaspora, diaspora, right? Uh, what are they? What happened is after Jesus uh, died and rose again, right, after the church sort of kicked off, um, the temple got destroyed and Israel, the, uh, the Jews, basically got scattered all over the world. In fact, that was a phenomenon that, remained until some of our lifetimes where we saw Israel become its own country. From the Bible days till literally our modern times, the Jews were spread out all over the world. That's why it's called the dispersion. Can you imagine what that's like? So imagine you've got Israel, it's its own country. It, if you read the Old Testament, God's plan for his people was to make them unique and special, their own culture. They had specific rules. Their Sabbath was so different, right? They were accountable to each other. They would show up in person at a synagogue and the rabbi would know them, right? So now you're in person, you're in the same country, everything is a watched closely, I guess, right? How you conduct yourself is seen by your family members, by your neighbor, by the synagogue, whatever else it is. And then comes the dispersion and you're out. You're out, not just into the Greek world, into any world, outside. And suddenly, you're not the majority culture anymore. You're, you're sitting at home and you can do whatever you want. You can... You can do whatever you want. You're not, you're not in Israel. Maybe there's not even a Jew on your street. So who cares if you break one rule here or there on the Sabbath? It, no, no, no one's really watching what you're doing in the dispersion, right? And so James, he writes this letter to them because they have entered a changing world. Their world, if, if you look at the, at the Jews from the Old Testament, all those hundreds of years that they've all been a, a Jewish nation and whatever else it is, right? It's changed because they're now all out. They're remote. And he's addressing them and he's saying, hey, I know you're out there. I know things are changing. You need wisdom to live in this world. Don't let this world change you. In fact... He will, he will talk about their conduct. He will, he, will talk about how they, um, he will talk about how they live in this dispersed world. 
And he will say, don't have faith without action. Don't just believe, and then your conduct and your works are something else. Because that's kind of dead. And he's saying this, by the way, when he writes this letter, to people who aren't necessarily in the room with him. They use the technology called letter writing, right? Like, it, 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 it kind of, okay, maybe I'm stretching a little bit, but it's kind of like our online world today, where two years ago, we would have almost everybody at church that's in FGA, maybe like 90% of the people who would call FGA home on any given Sunday would literally be here in person. Now, our Zoom number is like 80, 70 something, right? Um, and then we have actually an increasing number of people who go, yeah, I'm gonna catch our service online later, I'll get things on. And so this, right here in person, I guarantee you is not 90% of FGA. It's not. So we have to deal with the fact that uh, it's a little bit like the Jews of the dispersion. We have to deal with our faith still needs to remain strong, even though we're all not in one room together dealing with our, that's what online life, online world is a little bit like. And I love where James lands it, because even in the first verse, he introduces, James, that's who I am. God sees me as James. Whether I'm dispersed and I'm out in Greece somewhere, or I'm in Jerusalem. God sees me as Chris, whether I'm online or I'm here. I'm still Chris, and he's still James. And who is this James? My identity, who I am, who I'm gonna be in the dispersion, and who I am gonna be in Jerusalem, who I'm gonna be in person, who I'm gonna be online, is a servant of God and of Lord Jesus Christ. That's who I am. When I put my dating profile out, when I'm playing my games, when I'm online, whatever, whatever I'm doing, I'm James, and I'm a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's using that integrity. He's using that identity to encourage those who are now out in the world. They're out. And their world has forever changed, and it will continue to change. From, from that point on, my goodness, the world and Jews around the world just got more dispersed, right? The world just got bigger, wider, really fast. So we're starting our, our Reach Online service today. Um, and so I just want to take a little bit of time to explain this before we break out into breakout rooms. All right? Reach... Um, all of our services at FGA, our intention is for it to be relational. Why, um, why, why have we aimed at relational services? Because connecting and relationship is an important part of our corporate Sunday gathering. Connecting. Relating is an important part of our Sunday gathering. We can actually, I, I hope you know this, but you can actually grow spiritually at home. You can even encounter God yourself at home. In fact, you should be reading the Bible, encountering God at home. Sunday service should not be the only time you interact with God, 
right? So we must still have devotion, Bible, worship, uh, YouTube sermons, great, podcasts, all great. But as Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 says, let us consider how we stir one another up to love and good works. Let's not neglect meeting together as is the habit of some, but encourage one another. Come on, let's encourage one another. You know, something happens. So the, the key component of Sunday corporate gatherings is actually one key essential component is relating, right? Something special happens when you connect with the body of Christ, his church. It changes you. It encourages you. It stirs, it allows you to stir somebody up, but allows somebody else to stir you up. You know, let's just be really honest. We behave better when we're around other Christians, right? You just think about how you would behave if you were alone at home now and the video is turned off and you're just listening to the, the sermon or whatever. You think about how you'd behave versus you're sitting next to Auntie Anne too. And she's like looking at you and you're playing a game. <laughs> right? Like, we stir one another on. There's something that happens when we are to, together. Okay. So, um, so, what we wanted to do was we wanted to change our understanding of what online service would be. Um, I like the analogy of like a new dish. All right? So, you know, when you create a new dish, I, and I'm not much of a cook, so let's say I come up with the Chris Ong special number five. I'm like, hey, I'm going to cook a new dish. Everybody's like not excited, right? Because they don't even know what the dish is, what I'm going to cook, and I'm a terrible cook. <laughs> what you need is some kind of anchor to describe that dish. You need to sort of say it's like something you know. So if I said, oh, that dish is like modern Italian, whatever it is. Immediately, you have a rough idea of what that dish is. The, the problem is that when we, and I say we, but it's also other churches and all of us, when we started an online service, we basically, without paying attention, we basically went, it's like a live stream. Our online church is like a live stream, like how you would live stream the Australian Open or the Olympic Games, or how you would watch a YouTube series. We went, it was like that, I mean, it's a little bit different, a few you know, things here and there, right? But it's kind of like that. And over the next three weeks, what we're trying to do is we're gonna try to, when we launch Reach, change the anchor, the comparison that online service can be. Because it's not healthy. So we want to be able to say now, it's like Zoom home group. That if you're going to take time to connect with the whole of the church, but you, for whatever reason, you can't come in person, right? So maybe you're quarantining, maybe you're, you're, you're um, uh, at risk, or for whatever reason, you can't make it in person, right? Then what we want you to do is, we want you to join into an online community and relate. Like it's a Zoom, it's not your Zoom home group. We have home groups. You should be part of a home group. But the Sunday service reach is like a Zoom home group. Um, I imagine that more people will come back in person services, but we will also most certainly have people who will stay online, right? Even some of you here in person, there might be some times where 
we're going to join us online. Is it going to be one week? Do we think this is just going to be one week? Will it be one month? Will some of you guys online, will it be half a year? Will it be two years? It might be a long time. So we've got to think carefully and not just do a temporary measure. We want to get the front foot out. So we're going to do breakout rooms. Ten minutes, we can do this. Ten-minute breakout rooms. The, we're going to do the, uh, the innovations um, for the REACH service and our in-person service simultaneously, but we're going to do it one at a time to take everybody on a journey. So the first new thing we're doing, it's a brand new concept, called breakout rooms. Because suddenly, you're not just watching anonymously. You're, if you're online, hello those online, but also here, you're going to be thrown into a room with like, I don't know, six people. And then you're going to have to talk. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so in the breakout rooms, this is the question you're going to ask. And in person, uh, you're going to just turn around and talk to some people like, I don't know, six or eight people nearby you. Okay, great. Um, but I want you to talk about three things in this 10-minute breakout that we've got. One, you're going to introduce yourself. You're going to say, hi, you know, my name is whatever, right? Intr however you want to introduce yourself, you're going to go around the room, the breakout room, or in this auditorium, just your area, introduce yourself. Then secondly, you're going to be vulnerable, vulnerable. And you're going to share, you're going to talk about your online use. So you're going to say something like, yeah, you know, when I think about my online use, I'm on TikTok. Actually, I'm trending on TikTok right now, or whatever, right? Or you might say, mostly my online is YouTube videos. Or you might say, look, my online use when I'm on, um, I, I, I game. Or whatever the thing is. I'm on Facebook and I look at my grandchildren's pictures. That's what I do online, whatever. So you're going to share as much as you're comfortable with, but you're going to share a little bit about your online use. And then that's just the intro. And then you're mainly going to talk about what do you think is different about online communication versus like regular in-person communication. To help you with question number three, we have a Slido. Now, only one person in your group needs to do the Slido, but or, I mean, all of you could as well. But um, if you're on Zoom, uh, you want to uh, take a photo of this or, or write down the number, 556-297. And in the Slido, so you can uh, take this. We've, we've done Slido before. If you don't know how to work it, it's okay, because only one person in your group needs to do this. You're going to type. We're going to do like a word cloud, a word cloud. And you're going to type in words that are uh, indicate what's different about online communication. So right now, some people have already typed, it's fast. Online communication is fast. It's typos, there's typos, whatever. So you can just write whatever it is, and as more people put on, you'll see common words sort of get grouped together. Okay, so now what I'm going to do is I'm going to pass over to Jordan. Oh my goodness, I've run out of time for the Zoom interview. Karen, you are off the hook. Oh my goodness, you've been praying too hard. I was going to interview Karen. She's actually really fantastic. She was here when the church started with me. We're the same age at 27. Okay, um, but... <laughs> Okay, I'm going to throw over to Jordan. Jordan's going to explain a few things to the Zoom uh, group that's over there. And uh, we're going to take 10 minutes here to have a discussion. And then we're going to come back and close off the service 11.45 as usual. 
Okay, so uh, Jordan, you can head off. And in here, if we could all turn around, and we're going to be asking these questions. Ten minutes starts now. It's going to be a little bit of a different Sunday. You're going to have to actually talk to some people. Convenience is at your own time, right? And you pick up these habits. Um, I actually write like what um, Father Tony Karen said about online, that since you know, churches have gone online. Uh, Father Tony Karen spoke over the lockdown over here. He's one of the um, priests in the Catholic Church in our White Horse era. And he said, Do you know, Chris, what is the difference between online and in person? When you're online, you're in control. If you come to an in-person service, you kind of lose control, right? Because the worship's going to go for as long as worship goes for. I'm just going to talk and talk, whatever, right? You can't, like, but if you're online, especially if it's just one way and there's no accountability and nobody can see you, you can fast forward, you can pause, you can skip, you don't like, you don't like today's worship, it's okay, skip, right, play Hillsong instead, and then I jump back on the, whatever, my jokes are skip, 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 right, um, you're in control, and I don't know whether that is what it's supposed to be, when we say it's Sunday, and it's the Lord's day, and you come with a disposition. You know, we say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. James introduces himself as a servant of God. I don't know how high control is supposed to be for us in that list. Okay, let's go to part two of the message. We're going to finish it off in about 10 minutes or so. Um, Let's go to James chapter 2, verse 14. He's pushing on with this theme, right? And he says this, James says this, What good is it, my brothers of the dispersion, who are now no longer all in Jerusalem where I can see your face, right? What good is it, my brothers, if someone says to you he has faith, but he ha does not have works, or there is no action? Can that faith save him. Can that faith save him? James talks about connecting your faith with your actions or your behaviors or your works. Those are the kinds of, that's the category he's talking about. In this dispersed world, James was addressing people who still, they were dispersed and they still believed the same kinds of things. But their actions were subtly taking the flavor and shape of the culture they were in. So that if you are gaming in a gaming world and everyone is swearing, then you normally wouldn't swear at church on a Sunday sitting next to Auntie Anne too. <laughs> yeah, but you're like, hey, subtly take on the culture of the area that you have gone in. That was what was happening. Right? If if you are the kind, if you are the kind of person who normally on Sunday you would come to church in your pajamas without brushing your teeth, and then put your feet up and eat your breakfast while playing computer games 
you know, if, if you were that type of person, then maybe you can do that online at home. Maybe. But James is trying to address that we, when we were all together, brothers, before, brothers and sisters, before we had the dispersion, before COVID put us at home and we were all this online, whatever, there were things that we did. And now, and now, just make sure that your faith connects with your actions, that you are the same online as you are offline. I mean, I'm sure you know this, right? You are literally the same person. You are the same person, even though your avatar has more hair. Okay, right? And what's weird about it is, God sees you as the same person. Surely God is not fooled. Surely. Maybe Pastor Chris, Uncle Roland, whatever, they don't see you. Surely we all know God would see us on our online interactions. So I want to ask a question in your online life, and I'm not just talking about Zoom service or live show. I'm not just talking about that now. I'm talking about your online life. Maybe your dating profile. Apparently, I'm not meant to name dating sites. Yeah. Apparently, some of them are dodgy. I don't know. <laughs> um, on your Facebook interactions, your gaming I don't know, platforms, your Discord server, right? What's really going on in your online life, on your mobile device? What are you watching? What are you doing? What are you saying? Because you might think that it's not really connected to anything, it doesn't harm anybody, it's not really affecting anybody, you're not really, but it's still you, right? You, servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's still you. Oh, okay. I'm going to wear my glasses. One of the reasons why I'm rambling so much is I can't even read my own notes. Okay. I know, I know, it's not anointing. I'm getting more long-winded because I have to figure out what I'm saying. It's okay. Truth, truth, we're talking about truth. John Mark Comer, in his book, Tell No Lies, which I really like. Here we go, here we go. Um, did you know, uh, one of my favorite definitions of truth, uh, which I have to grapple with my own self, actually, is truth is reality. The reality is I can't see. <laughs> truth the best definition of truth is that truth reflects reality. What is true? Well, it, it's true if it's real, right? It's the, I think it's the best easy definition. But there is also what I'm going to call unreality. And human beings, separate from every other species on the planet actually, have an amazing God-given capability to imagine unreality, to live in unreality. It's actually an amazing human God-given gift. We can even imagine unreality and make it a reality. That's, that's what humans can do. That's what we can do, right? 120 years ago, 
120 years ago, we could only imagine that humans could fly. Just go and Google when planes were invented. Because 120 years ago, right, there was no reality of human beings flying. But somehow, in the imagination space, in the conceptual space, we were able to figure out how we could take our hope and dream and an idea and make it into reality. And I, I know now, it's definitely a reality. We just came back from the States. I'm pretty sure human beings can fly, right? But there is a problem. There is a problem. Because not everything we imagine can be brought to reality. Not everything that happens in our unreality space, not everything that happens in our imagination space or our online made up virtual world is good and not everything is real or can be real. It can disconnect and you can have a tendency to be two people. Google catfishing, whatever. Right? But you could, in the online space, split your real life and your virtual life. Your thought life, your, and it's not, just, it's not just limited to your online life. It's also your thought life, it's your imagination, right? I, I wanna ask you, if I could ask you a very personal, intrusive question. What does your fantasy life look like? What do you fantasize about? Do you, do, do you wish you're not married to the person next to you? What do you fantasize about? That you can go on and do all these things if I, if I didn't, like, what is, what is your thought life like? Because that is unreality, and it has the potential to bleed into your reality. James is asking the question when he asks, what good is your faith if somebody says he has faith but has no action or, or, or doesn't know what he's asking is, what is the truth? Do you have real faith? The kind of faith that can save you. The kind of faith that when it really counts, you know, it's not made up, which humans can, can make up stuff. It's real. That's what he's asking. What kind of faith do you really have? You know, we, um, uh, we have many things that we're gonna be talking over the next couple of weeks um, in the online space. So I'm, I'm just kind of in, introducing uh, the topic, right? But today, it's really, what is the truth? And the truth is, which I love how James starts, that you are the same person online and offline. Whatever you think, you're actually the same person. There is some part of real life that connects you even in the virtual world because you're a real person typing that keyboard, right? You're a real, you're a real, that, that's you. You're God's creation, servant of God. So whatever you imagine this online world to be, whatever it is that is going on out there, there is still a real component to it, and that's you. You're there. It's you. God sees you. And I don't want to scare anybody unnecessarily, but I'm going to scare you, just not unnecessarily. 
But James is so interested in connecting behavior that he says, even the demons, my goodness, even the demons believe God, believe in God. They've read the Bible, whatever else is. The big difference between demons actually is their behavior is not as a servant of God, right? The, the demons, James says, even they can have some kind of understanding, belief, faith, whatever the thing is. They could, they could have some kind of it, not the real thing, but they could have some kind of it. He brings that example out to, to show, to highlight to us. My goodness, if we do not connect our conduct with our faith, we have missed out on reality. And I, I want to um, close. I'm going to invite Brian and the worship team up. Um, I want to take some time to really help us process this. Because this is not necessarily about the change of FGA and now we have an online service. This is not about how you're going to conduct yourself when you're at home quarantining for seven days. I mean, all of that is somewhat important. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll try to help you with that. I think what's more important is what is your online life going to be like? Because as we've seen from the start of my sermon, online is going to be a major part of all of our lives going forward. It's like James, when he starts that book of James. The dispersion is going to be a large part of his audience life. Right? That's us. We have to still be the same children of God, the same servant of God that we are online as we are in person. And I know I'm talking in code a little bit. We've got some kids here and whatever, right? But there's a bunch of us. We need to recommit our online life back to God. That our online interactions, our online behavior, our online disposition, the things we fantasize about, the things we do in our downtime, the things we watch and consume with our eyes that Jesus says, which is the light right into us. We are the same person that same person, son of God, friend of God, servant of God, is the person who is doing those things online, watching those things online, interacting, communicating online. And I get it. Like we have just had two years of, honestly, maybe one of the roughest seasons in humanity in the last decades. And so maybe we've picked up some bad habits. Maybe we have. You might never have come to church in pajamas, but now you do. You might never watch the things that you used to watch for so long, like full on 20 hours of TV or whatever the thing is, in a row. Your online digital behavior 
is what James, one of the things that James is connecting. He's saying, your faith must be evidenced, must go with conduct. Your faith cannot be without works, otherwise it's dead. It's not real, it's unreality. It's like it's not alive, it's dead. That's what he's trying to say. That's why we're trying to read through the book of James. I'm really looking forward to Jordan's sermon next week, right? And then, and then Man and I, we're actually on the week after that. That is, the, um, that is the weekend for the National Day of Prayer. And we're gonna do this really cool thing uh, where Man is gonna preach here and I'm gonna preach online. And there's gonna be a part in our two weeks from now in our service, where I will just speak to those, hi guys, uh, on the online, on Zoom, and man will speak to those that are here, and then we will do what we have done every year for many, many years. We're gonna spend some time in our service to pray. We're gonna spend some time in our service to pray. So in two weeks time, I wanna encourage you to, it's our kickoff of fast and pray, and I want you to consider missing lunch. Even if you don't wanna fast lunch, it's okay, everything will finish by 12.30 anyway. But if you wanna fast lunch, it's a great time to fast lunch because we'll be doing a message on prayer and then we will actually pray together as a church because something special happens. Our conduct is better when we are together. We need all the help that we can get to allow the body of Christ to shape us to be in the image of Christ. So, while all eyes are closed, just here, uh, the Zoom guys are doing their own thing. I want every eye closed. I, I, we don't, you don't need to stand up or come to the front. I want you to do a very personal commitment. Maybe you put up your hand, just you can put up your hand by yourself or put it up somewhere. If you want to consecrate or commit your online life, to God. Today, I want to I ask you this question. Do you want to submit your online life to the Lord so that you can say, I, Chris, servant of God in the online world, in the dispersion, that's a very serious commitment. The Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. But some of you need to do this. It needs to kick off for you this week where you reconcile your online behavior with your real world self. So if that's you, please can you put up your hand, I wanna pray for you. You can put it up like discreetly, you can put it right up, it's up to you. This is between you and God and I wanna pray for you because as a church, we have to deal with this. All right, let's pray. I see all your hands. Father God, Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for being involved in every part of our life, for, for, for being close to us, knowing us, even when we are seen and when we're not seen. I pray, Lord God, 
that you would help us to relate well online, that we would reflect you online, that we would love God and love others well. I pray, Lord, that you would help me and everybody here to live accountable online lives, that we would be able to say like James, that we are the person that you've made us and that we are servants of God wherever we are. I pray that you change FGA and you would ready us for this new world and that you would help us to make tough, responsible decisions so that discipleship happens in the way that you want it to happen. We commit this into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to uh, dismiss the, um, the online guys, but in here, I wanted to maybe do one song. Brian's going to lead us in a song, and then we're just going to spend a bit of time just here because you've come all the way to church. We're in person. I feel like we don't have enough space for God. So we're just going to do one song, and then Jerusha's going to come up and close.